Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this is going to be episode 198 with director Maceo Frost. Super happy to have Maceo on. I got introduced to him and his work from a fellow colleague and a friend, Toros Kose, who is also a guest on the podcast, if you recall, if you've been following the podcast along. And so he introduced us and, and Toro said he would be an outstanding guest to have on. They went to school together and they have been friends ever since. And it's been really cool to kind of get a backstory on where Maceo comes from, uh, his involvement with art, how he kind of came to be the artist that he is today. And um, he, he's very open and transparent. It's very, it's, you know, it's always a gift to us when we have a guest on that's willing to be completely open and transparent and really share their journey um, because we can get right down to the, what matters most, which is sharing this journey and hoping in hopes that we're learning ourselves and at the same time sharing it with you, the audience and everybody else as well. So we talk a lot about all kinds of things um, from his involvement with getting in, into like, you know, skateboarding and recording skateboarding videos for his friends that, that then got turned into editing and footage and filming and motion graphics and then learning from Andrew Kramer and Video Copilot, like so many of us have done that listen to this podcast and how that evolved into going to school and then going off to becoming more of a director and doing what he does now. And we talk a lot about the journey that he went through and the restraint that he had and at the same time um, dealing with his insecurities and you know being a very controlling director at first, but now finding his way of like a verite kind of director, letting things happen, spontane- spontaneity and all that kind of great stuff. So a lot of really great gems in this episode. Um, I'm really excited to share it. A little uh, precursor, my audio somehow switched on this episode before recording, and I thought it was recording through this microphone that you can hear now. It's really good audio. Um, for some reason, it started it picked up off of my iMac audio, which is unfortunate. I tried to EQ it as best I could, so I apologize ahead of time that if my audio isn't as good as it normally is. It's because of that, but the content of the episode, I feel, is going to far surpass any of those kind of quorums or issues you might have with the the audio. So um, super excited to get this episode out. Super thankful for Maceo to share his time with us. So let's begin episode 198 with Maceo Frost. Let's go. Thank you. First and foremost, I know uh, we've been off and on back and forth and the irony of us not being able to make like, I think one of the last episode of appointments was because our friend Tauros was actually in town and we were shooting. <laughs> so, oh, nice. so we couldn't uh, make it happen, but uh, we had a really good time out in Mojave. So that was just really good. Just got back from that. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, thanks for being patient and uh, finding the time to make these happen because it's always hard navigating everybody's schedules to align. Yeah. Dude, hanging out with Taurus is the best reason. <laughs> yeah, I figured if there's any reason, it would be that. So, <laughs> nice. How did you guys meet? We met at school, actually. At, uh, we went to Hyper Island, both of us. Mm. We went to the motion graphics course. Yeah. And it was like the first kind of uni, you know, that I did after high school. Okay. And we pretty much, you know, really quickly became friends because, you know, in school, quickly you notice which ones really, you know, you know, they stay extra late at school. You know, they bring their 
desktop computer to school. <laughs> and yeah. Torres was one of those guys. But, yeah. yeah, He's a persistent guy. He really is uh, incredibly passionate about what he does. And that's probably why we work together. So that's good that you guys aligned on that. I love that when you're in school and you find somebody that you can align with. It's a special time. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's so important, you know, like finding someone you, you can just share, you know, creative, nerdy stuff with, you know, and when you have the same taste and when you're excited about the same stuff. So that's like, it's gold. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. And that's interesting that you went there for motion graphics. Did you, so maybe just to kind of get everybody that's listening that might not be familiar with your work, kind of a, a background so how did this work for you? Did you grow up in a creative household or did you have something that uh, struck you at a young age that got you into art? Um, how did you come to, to find art in your life? Uh, wow, man. That's a good question. <laughs> um, okay, if we go back, way, way back. Now, my mom and my dad, they've always been like drawing and stuff like that. I mean, Growing up in my house, we always had like paintings, you know, my mom always painted jungle and sharks. Okay. So everywhere you go in the house, there's sharks and there's like jungle, you know, palm trees and stuff like that. And just green lush paintings. And my dad used to do this sort of like graffiti. So he used to love draw characters and letters and stuff like that. So the art has always been there, you know, sure. it's like kind of like they were smart with it you know it's like they brainwashed me pretty young <laughs> exposed me to everything so so that definitely had a like a major influence where did um, you grow up did you grow up in sweden yeah yeah man i grew up in stockholm sweden awesome okay yeah sharks so, and jungles in stockholm sweden yeah so that's why i'm trying to I'm trying to place i haven't been to sweden yet but i've seen a lot of pictures so definitely no jungles and i don't think any sharks but maybe it's definitely not man and i think <laughs> it's because i think you know my mom was just longing to, you know to live in the states and be in the tropics while my dad uh, who was from the states and actually grew up in hawaii oh, cool. and and in oakland he was just super excited to get out of america and yeah. moved to Sweden. So he's like this, he's the Swedish guy and my mom's the more American. <laughs> it's ironic how that is. So that you always want to have and what you don't have. Like, but I, I said, it's ironic how yeah, you man. often want. No, but I started hearing. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, no, sorry. Go again. No, it's okay. Uh, there might be a little delay, but uh, I was just saying it's ironic how we want the things that we don't have, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, but it, kind of started for me when I was like 11 and 12 and it was around the time when me and all of my friends we got our first computer you know and then you start to nerd like every day every night my dad having to reinstall windows wondering what I downloaded you know just having no clue what I was doing <laughs> finding photoshop pretty early uh, downloading these really really weird like 3d programs just trying to trying to make stuff and f actually like from there it, i kind of realized okay wow this is really fun and this is something that i would like to spend more time doing that later turned into skateboard films with my friends you know i got into skateboarding that's also like such a classic thing like a lot of 
filmmakers, you know, started like with an action sport or something. But it's such a good way because you like you film somebody doing like an ollie down a staircase and you film one guy do it. But when the other guy does it, you want to find a different angle. Yeah. So you start to explore that and you want to then you like you make you want to make a longer edit. And then you have to put music on it so you learn editing and it's such a good tool you know just yeah. to get started and stuff like that yeah i grew up uh my arts have started in san diego so it's like action sports capital of the world really skateboarding and surfing and all that stuff a lot of it started here not surfing but yeah i totally <clears throat> i totally understand that one because a lot of my friends and a lot of people that i know that I, I enjoy their work from started out doing skateboard videos or action sports videos it teaches you so many different aspects of being a filmmaker and a director as well. Yeah, man, definitely. No, no, it really does. It really does. It's, it's a good, you know, and how do you say like gateway drug? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't realize it, that you're doing that, you know, it's like, not like you have any intention to be a filmmaker when you're doing that. You're just kind of there with your friends and you're slightly more creative than they are. You might, you might you might not be the best skater, but you can you can document it, enjoy it just as much, you know. Yeah, exactly. And there's no thought of becoming anything. It's just like I just want to film. Yeah. So yeah, man. No, so that's that's basically like how how I got into it. Slowly, I realized that I wasn't going to turn a pro skateboarder. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> like all my friends were like charging these rails and stuff like that. And it was like, I just was too scared, man. Like I couldn't, couldn't Same. do it. But I started to notice pretty, pretty quickly. Okay. But maybe I have a knack for this. Um, and in, in Sweden, um, there's so many high schools with like a creative, uh, direction. So there's like, there's like a vet, vet how should I say it? It's like illustration high school. There's a me, bunch of media high schools. There, in every every category you can imagine, there's even a skateboarding high school with a skateboarding course. Um, so it's it's pretty Steven like sounds fun. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that that was like the game changer for me. Like honestly, so I went to um, this media high school where we did everything from like TV production to just going out shooting music videos to to just you know taking analog photography developing it in a lab and stuff like that so I, I was really lucky to find that and the teachers noticed how passionate I was so they kind of let me do anything I want so I could borrow the stuff any and you know anytime I wanted uh, I could use the studios anytime I wanted and, and this is the part you know where I kind of I started filming a little bit, but I was just like, I was trying to figure out like, how do you make it look like it does in the Hollywood movies? And yeah. I was filming with like a mini DV camera. So frustrated. I was like, fuck, it just looks so bad. <laughs> like, yeah. how can I make it? Yeah. How can I take it to the next level? And then, um, slowly like my friend is like oh you can grade the video on after effects you should try after effects and i'm like ah okay let's okay eventually get into after effects this is also around the point where i'm like a huge world of warcraft nerd man like i'm playing every day download after effects and find that um 
website video copilot like many of us started with <laughs> uh, and it's so much fun man it's like it really like it changed my life yeah. and I, I remember like I spent like eight hours just watching tutorial after tutorial after tutorial and it was like everything I wanted to do and everything I wondered it was like it was right there and like after eight hours I was like okay damn okay I just went into my World of Warcraft sub, uh, subscription and canceled it. It's like, okay, from now on, I'm just going to do this. And then I spent like, I spent months, man. Like I locked myself in an entire summer. I remember spending four months. This was straight out of high school, just like animating these uh, 8-bit like Super Nintendo characters <laughs> and just doing this music video for like some underground Swedish rapper. And that was like the last thing I did before I graduated uh, high school and uh, did that music video. You know, friends are ca calling me. It's like, Mace, you want to go out party? You want to go do this? You want to go do this? And I was like, nah, like I have to do this, you know? And I was so content, man. You're so At passionate same, though, huh? You like, it gave you everything yeah, you needed, uh, huh? Yeah, man. Like it was, it was my outlet, you know? Yeah. That's beautiful. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no, no. It's just nice to take some art pauses. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's always hard because we're on the other sides of the world and, out of the world and there's uh, we're not looking at each other. And so it's, yeah. it's hard. I wish that everybody could be like in my office when we do interviews. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I was actually thinking that too. It would be so amazing. Yeah. But, sorry, yeah, but, but anyway, no, no, to, con to continue. Uh, so that was like, that was when I truly like found my outlet and where I could channel all my energy and like all this focus into one thing. And I realized quickly that, okay, the more time I spend in After Effects, it's like, even if it looks shitty in the beginning, the more hours I put into it, the more like work I put in, it's going to look nicer. Yeah. Whereas when I was out shooting, it's like I shot it, brought it back, looks like crap. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and this yeah. is before, you know, like the, the 70s and stuff like that, the DSLR, you know. Mm. So and, what were you using back then? Was it like one of those little tape mini, mini? Yeah, like, man. There was a little tape thing. Thing. Yeah. yeah, and it had like a lens adapter too, so you could put old lenses on it. Yeah. But it was so dusty, so you had to buy like this vibrating thing that vibrated the conversion filter it was uh, just too complicated yeah. it worked like one one out of ten times <laughs> uh, so yeah man no but then i fell in love with animation so this actually this this music video that i spent like four and a half months animating uh it turned a little bit crazy you know because i was alone <laughs> in my room in the darkness you know but sure. but uh, it actually got that was like my big break so that uh, video got nominated for a Swedish Grammy. Mm. So that was just like, wow. you know, 19 years old, going to this gala, like knowing no one, like I didn't have any friends that were into animation at the time. Sure. And met a bunch of like older directors that were there too as well. And they were like, who the fuck is this 19 year old little kid? You know, I was such a little, a little kid. <laughs> and they're like, what do you want to do? It's like, I want to be a director. It's like, okay, if you want to be a director, I can't help you. But if you want to be, um, if you want to help me animate, 
uh, and do stuff like that, then I can help you. But I was like, dude, I want to be a director. <laughs> <laughs> what made you want to be a director at, the, at that point? Um, a lot of us just, say that too, right? Well, that's a kind of yeah. a, a default. But what, what was it? So, so like right up until this point, like I'd done maybe like two other music videos. that were, I was just following other people's visions, you know, and I was basically being told what to do like and in those videos turn out so shitty sure. so that like animation music video was kind of my revenge you know it's like okay now i'm just gonna go with my idea and so that's kind of how it started at the same time i knew like i'm not in a hurry it's like i, I want to learn from everyone you know as well so kind of soon from that point you know one thing led to another and I got a job at this TV station in Sweden. They had like three of the big channels. And that was kind of like how I got into it too, like just watching TV and then like right before commercial comes on, there's like some 3D transition or like when the news came on, there's some weird transmission, uh, tr transition, like there's 3D particles and with the logo of the TV station, I was like, oh, that's it's like, how do you do that? You know, <laughs> so I started working at this station and I was just, animating like doing graphics and stuff like that and um, but pretty early on it like I was like hmm it was just not the right fit because they made me do like a lot of trailers you know for for the for the channels so I was spending like most of my time just doing like trailers when they like played like Dolph Lundgren movies and stuff like that <laughs> which was super fun like so I had to watch learn to watch movies in like 15 minutes instead of one and a half hour sure. find the best bits edit it so I did that for six months and I it just like I remember once like one of the guys at the office was like how old are you and I was like I'm 19 it's like you little shit you're 19 like, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah. And, and directly after that, I was like fed up with that job. It's probably really and, good that uh, you did that though, because it helped you edit, helped you source yeah. and helped you, um, and you get paid to learn, you know? So exactly. Discipline as well. Just, yeah. you know, just discipline and deadlines and like having no inspiration doing one thing, but then having to still deliver. Sometimes you have more inspiration, just like dealing with how it is, you know, Yeah. in, in a workplace. Um, but pretty quickly after that, I was like, okay, I want to take it to the next level. And then I, I applied for Hyper Island, got in. And yeah, man. Awesome. Hyper Island was fun. It was yeah. really fun. You man. probably like were right along with, so it's like it elevated you and being in, uh, surrounded by people like Tauros and your other classmates who are probably along the same lines too, I would imagine. So yeah, you're it was like the first time I got friends. Like yeah, friends, like real interested friends. in the same thing. Yeah, it was kind of funny. We had uh, so it was me, Toros, and my friend Graham. Graham's an artist and a photographer as well. And we went out to Mojave, and it was we were like just saying how amazing it is to be out there in this amazing vast wilderness with other creatives and photographers. Because usually when we do this, we're out there with like friends and people that we love, but they're not interested in photography or looking at the world that we do and having the conversations that we do. And it just like elevates the, the, the experience so much higher. It's, I didn't oh, realize it until so now. Nice. I was like, oh man, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, oh, dude, I'm so happy for you guys. What, uh, what were you guys doing there? We just, what were you making? We just went out there to, to, to go get away from it all and just take photographs and just be in nature, really. That was it. Taurus and I um, and a couple other friends and I, we worked on this pretty big film that's going to be coming out, I think, uh, in a couple months. And so we kind of killed ourselves for it. So I was like, I want to get out of here. And my buddy Graham is, he loves Mojave. So he's out there all the time. And he was like, let me know when you want to go. And so I'm like, okay, well, here's the time let's go. And so he, he ushered us out there and it was just incredible, but it's, 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 it's completely, I totally agree. And it reminded me of being in college or being around and surrounded by friends and people that have similar mindsets and stuff i think it's so important dude it's the best man i had actually had a a similar experience um one of my photography friends he just turned into an artist and he 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 lives in costa rica like three months a year Mm -hmm. so we were just hanging out then i'm here also with another friend of mine uh robin asselmeyer that's a great dop and we were just hanging out together and it was like dude think I'm going to make a music video. Do you, and he asked Robin, like, do you want to film? And Macy, do you want to help just direct like any input? And then like from nowhere, we were just, you know, taking photos, playing around in the jungle by this like lake slash waterfall. And all like our girlfriends were there, you know, it's just like, it became such a fun shoot. Yeah. And it like it elevated itself because there was no pressure and we were all super creative coming up with ideas. I took like some of the best photos, you know, I took, you know, just during that little session, you know, and he got his music video, too. (laughs) There you go. I think the older we get, the more we find that there's certain ways that things work. And you mentioned it prior to bring back something that you spoke about, like when you were working for directors and they were just kind of making you do what they wanted to do and and that didn't connect with you necessarily. And I think myself and a lot of people listening have the same kind of issue, you know, because it's, yeah. I mean, it's not that I think a lot of us, it's not that we are too egotistical to take orders or anything like that. I think it's more or less that when we're truly creating the work that we're creating, we, we don't really like to, uh, to do it under somebody else's direction uh, always, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah. I to always remember like somebody saying like the best way to work with somebody is to work with them, not work for them, you know? Exactly. And if you can work together and then you can really find a great harmony together. Work, that's, work that's like my, my mantra, man. Like that. I try to bring that attitude to always when I go on set. Yeah. And I just find it being such a more powerful motivator. Yeah. Like to give people their space and like always asking, you know, it's like, what do you think? Or do you have any idea to make this better? Like I, some, like I even ask the actors, like I tell them my vision, but I often ask for people to come up with input because I also know that I don't have all the answers, you know? Yeah. There's no way and it's can. a good way to, to learn too. It's like, what do you think? It's like, I'd like basically like this room, I want to lit this way with some top light, but Honestly, I have no idea what's going to look the best. What do you think? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you know what? We could do that. But we, what if we mix it with this light from the side and then, the, you know, the, the cast coming from this direction is like, perfect. Okay, dude, let's do that. And then you come up with something together and 
everybody's enjoying that so much more. Like I do it with with almost like everyone in the crew where that's, that's cool. possible. Yeah, so your directing style is less of controlling, but more of just nav- like um, guiding, I would say. Exactly. How yeah. did you learn that? Because directing is a... I always thought I wanted to direct it. More I more I get closer to it, the more I feel like maybe it's not really my calling. I think I wanted to because I simply just wanted to be able to make the things that are in my head. And maybe that's yeah. what I'll do. But for me, I started realizing that I'm not super good or super keen on directing people. I think I'm okay at it, but it, um, I'm not the best. Sometimes I get super controlling. I'm like, ah, how about this? And then I try to figure it out. And then I just end up doing it myself. How did you mm. figure it out for yourself? Did you have... Um, in the beginning, were you controlling or were you always kind of inclusive and um, collaborative? I'd say I was definitely more controlling in the beginning, mm. like before I found my confidence. And I, a lot of my friends, you know, that, that I, you know, a lot of like photographers that I worked with in the beginning, they were like, oh, shit, Maceo, dude, you need to chill, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need it like this and like that. Yeah. yeah, dude, I had so, I felt like, I just felt like I wanted to prove the world, you know, sure. something. I don't, and I think it's, it's just like I had this mentality. It's, it's kind of like, like my, my dad is kind of like, he's like a little competitive. So, so he's, um, he's a dancer mm-hmm. and he's like one of the, like he, he's basically a street dance legend. Like he grew up witnessing the birth of hip hop Wow. and, was one of the pioneers in like uh, the street dance stuff, like boogaloo popping. And he has so many stories, you know, that he told me uh, when he, I was growing up. He's from about Hawaii, him. though, you said? He grew up in Hawaii? Uh, California slash Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what island did he grow up on? Uh, Kauai. Oh, Kauai. Okay, cool. I lived in Hawaii for most of my childhood, too, but not in Kauai, though. It's beautiful. Oh, nice, man. Dude, it's so nice there. So that like that mentality of, you know, in street dance at that time, like I grew up with those stories and it was always like battling, like going to the East Coast, showing the people in the East Coast, like this is how we do it on the West Coast. And it was just like always proving yourself, you know. And my dad also told me like, it's like, Maceo, dude, you can do whatever you want in life as long as like. You, you become the best that you can possibly be at it, like the best you you can be. Mm-hmm. And I think also like growing up, you know, and where I grew up, like in the suburbs in Stockholm and not really fitting into school, like I always felt like, okay, I'm going to prove you guys, you know. So I was in that mind state. So I had so much pressure on me. Like it was really controlling, like on set, mm-hmm. which is funny because now it's the complete opposite. Like now I really think that I found myself uh, and like my directing style a lot more. And it came, it came through feeling like, okay, I don't know if I have anything that I need to prove to anyone anymore. It's like, maybe I just want to prove something to myself, you know? Yeah. So that's all it is really ever, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's an egotistical process to make art because we're ultimately just trying to please ourselves in some way no matter, exactly. no matter who you are and what you say that's really what you're doing yeah in my opinion what about what about you man how, how's your like your directing style 
I think right now it's definitely more in the insecure control freak stage. <laughs> if it's an evolution, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's more or less because um, I, the vision's so clear in my head, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the problem. But the thing is, uh, I think you know this too, is, is and, it, and it's elevated and gone so fast because I think we're, it sounds like we're at very similar ages. So we came up in the same time. And so, camera technology, technology in general, computer technology, all this stuff has accelerated so fast. And so we're, we now have these abilities that we didn't have when we were growing up that we wish we had. So I'm mm. dedicating a lot of my life to just kind of focusing on that so I can actually make films that I can have ultimate control over. And uh, yeah, the tr- control freak aspect I think is unhealthy. Um, yeah, I know it's unhealthy, but <laughs> I don't like, I think it's, uh, I haven't spent enough time. I think when I look at say like your work or I look at certain directors, like I really, um, I really appreciate it because it's so different from the way that I would approach or see things. And I appreciate the spectrum of creativity. Um, mm. and I think that there's different approaches, obviously. And I think it's really yeah. great to be inclusive and stuff and then letting the art evolve. I think it's all about what your end goal, your end goal and your end idea is, you know, and how you're approaching it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and how you definitely, and I also see like just like you said, like we all like all our minds work, you know, slight differently. So yeah, and so like I'm I'm bad with small details. Like I don't see like okay in the editing, like I'm super meticulous and like super control freak. So that I still haven't let slide. But (laughs) on set, it's like I think one of the reasons why accept so much input from people around me is because I don't have the full clue yet. Mm-hmm. I just kind of know the feeling and the basic like framing and what I want it to feel like, you know, sure. but I don't always know like what colors it should be, what the people, what the, the people should wear, you know, and like, so the nitty gritty stuff. And I have some friends that are like, they're amazing, like art directors. And you can tell from, like the pieces that they direct, it's like they just are on another level in the details. Yeah. But I think, and, and they're also more control freaks. So it's, it's all like all our minds just work, you know, we all approach it differently and our styles just, just to that. I think that's really, that's cool of you to know and acknowledge and also just accept too, um, and not fight it. Because I think when I look at a lot of directors that I've worked with, they're not all the best at everything. Um, they're, it's very rare. Yeah. There's only a few directors that are really everybody that they hire. They're almost better or as good as the person that they yeah. hired to do the job. So that's a really rare thing. But I think it's it's like when you get the better you get, the more you're able to to acquire a team that supports you. Um, yeah, like you said, the music video that you guys made, you just kind of it sounded like very like a like a village, you know, like how a village should operate and work. It's like we all come together for a common goal and help one another with our own trades. And then together we make art that's unique and different. And sure, it might not win like all these awards or Emmys or whatever, but the the award of it is the process of making it. Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and that's something that, you know, that's something that I really had to like remind myself of a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Just... Like I had this um, this phase, and earlier uh, this summer, where I became like I was just working too much, and I think 
I got too many like opportunities to like, do. do you have a passion project? What do you want to do? Because <laughs> I, I became like the passion project guy, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay, let's do this and let's do this. And I just burned through like my creative like energy uh, came to the point where, you know, and then at the same time I was doing some commercials with just and dealing with clients. And then you have a girlfriend that's like, when are we going to hang out? And like all these things, sure. you know, just gnawing on you. And then I like, I came out on the other side. I was like, fuck, like, do I, do I want to do, like, I felt so exhausted from doing film. I was like, maybe I'm not going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Like, do, do, do I want to do this? It's like, I came to like this existential crisis because mm. I've been so confident and like, that's the thing I wanted want to do. It's like been the only focus. So suddenly like my only focus, um, just crumbled wow. a little bit. And it took me like what saved me out of that was just like, of course, you know, just taking a break, enjoying the Swedish summer, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was the heat wave, which is good for us because it's so cold anyway. So a heat wave for us was <laughs> convenient. That's good. And, and like I picked up surfing, surfed a little bit. And I just doing these other things. And while doing these other things, I was like, okay, I'll bring my stills camera, just taking photos. And it's like, wow, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Uh, filmed my friend surfing. It's like, I'm standing here with a tripod filming my friend Freddie surfing. It's like, this just feels so good. Yeah. And help another, another friend. We did a music video for one of his songs. Like I just filmed it with an iPhone. Uh, I didn't even put it out under my name. I was just like, dude, I'm just going to give you this thing like for free. So we did this super nice video on, a, on an iPhone. And from just doing that stuff, like it just felt so natural because I didn't plan it either. Mm. And that's basically just like that reminded me of, okay, it's all about the process. It's like, yeah, that's what I, that's what I love. I mean, it's super nice showing things to people, sure. but I think, I think it's a, a double-edged sword too. Cause I became like super addicted to like trying to get a staff pick, just getting that validation from people sure. commenting on the videos and like, Oh, I saw that. I, oh, dude, your video is so amazing. Da, 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 da. Like that just became like such a drug. It is. But then it I'm is. like, yeah, no, go on, go on. Do you, do you agree? Like a hundred percent. It's a, it's a huge problem. I think it's a huge problem for creatives. I think everybody that's listening to this as well, you know, um, those awards and accolades. I, I, I love, I'm, there's so many things I want to dive into. I don't mean to interrupt. I'll let you finish, but I have taking notes as you're going, because I want to come back to some of these topics because they're fascinating to me, mainly because I've gone through them and a lot of our guests have as well. And it's something that this is why we do this podcast because it's about having honest, honest, like uh, raw conversations about things that actually matter and deciphering, and decoding kind of the navigation aspects of being a creative person in this world, right? Yeah. Now. yeah. But you're saying you're getting, you're saying it's more about the process and you fell back in love with it by making this iPhone thing by yeah. documenting your friend and, and, and you were like exactly. finding yourself getting caught in like the web of social media and likes and awards and stuff. 
what I did, which helped a lot, was that I unfollowed everybody who worked with film or anything creative on Instagram. Wow, okay. And just because, like, you have so many people just, like, check out my new work, check out my new work. And it's when you're already, like, a little, you know, depressed, uh, just looking on social, pe- social media and what other people's doing didn't really help. Um, that focus yeah. for me. And so if, as soon as like I did that, it just, I felt free. Like, okay, what am I going to explore now? You know, and I started, started making music more and I, and like mentoring people more. And I found this super talented, like incredibly talented, uh, up and coming filmmaker on Instagram. Uh, and I could tell us like, wow, this guy has like the same vibe that I had when I was like 19, 20. Mm. So I wrote him, I was like, dude, you're the shit, man. Like you're the future. It's like, we got to meet. So we met up and I thought I was going to be mentoring this guy, you know, but this yeah. guy was so cool. And, um, his name is, uh, Paul and it's like, his artist name is Kanji and he's a great like rapper and musician. So we started trading. So I helped them a little bit with just like, like guidance in the, in the film departments, like, Hey, what camera should I use? Like, dude, try this, try this. And just like a little guidance in that department. And he helped me with music. So we started making music together and then we became really good friends. So that kind of like also just giving, yeah. And finding someone that like you really believe in and like putting energy into that person and then seeing them really like evolve too. That, that has been, that has been like amazing. So this whole like summer kind of started to realize, okay, it's about the process. I don't need to, I mean, I love sharing my work, but first and foremost, just like enjoy the journey. And I decided to, okay, the next time I accept a job, it's just like, I'm not going to stress with like, think about money or anything. Like I can always move into my mom's place. I'm just going to like, as soon as something really excites me and I'm going to be super nitpicky, you know, with it, then I'm going to, you know, accept it. So I was sitting by the piano and I just like started uh, practicing piano a couple of years back and I was playing my piano get an email, look at the phone and it's a job for Yamaha uh, instruments, like musical instruments. Mm. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. <laughs> and I, I do that job. And like, that's like during that whole process of making that, I, I truly like felt like we were on set and it was such like a magical uh, combination because it was a really like scary idea. It was an idea that I was like, there's like a 30, 40% chance that this idea is going to work like in my mind. But I was so like well rested from the summer and everything. It's like, dude, okay, this risk, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to take this risk now. And it was basically, you know, you, uh, we had to write at uh, this song. So I had this, this idea in my mind of just this musical track that I had to compose and get musicians to rehearse, play it live while we're filming them and then reapply that sound recording yeah. into the main composition again. Huh. And it was just like so complicated and 
if you get one part wrong, you know, you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't like the sound of this part. Like it ruins the whole thing, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but but it turned out super fun. And I was just there with my friends. Like I, I, I made sure to bring like some of my best friends on the team. Smart. And so I had my composer with me on set and we were just working with like some of the best musicians. And I got to put in, you know, some of my, you know, biggest passions in life was just music into, into film and like just work with those musicians. And like, I love jazz and I love drum and bass. And I managed to apply those things that I love into this film. So I just took everything I love, man, and put it into it. And that's what I love uh, about filmmaking. Yeah. Because you like, I feel like what it is for me is like what I try to do is just like I'm interested in life and I'm interested in a lot of things. I'm, I'm a jack of all trades. Like I want to play piano, I want to play guitar, I want to surf. I'm, I'm interested in like in science. Like I'm interested in so much stuff. So that's what I love about film. It's just such a good melting pot of just combining all your interest in putting it in and deep diving into a subject and you don't have to be the best musician, but in your film, you can use the best musicians. Yes. And so you can get that part of you out. Cause I, I didn't spend 10,000 hours on the pianos. So I can't play what I want to play, mm-hmm. but I can find somebody who can. And dude, that project, man, like it was, we were high on life. Like we were at the point on set where we're like, shit, man, I think this is like the pinnacle of my life. Mm-hmm. It's like, and my friend Gustav was like, dude, and he's the composer. It's like, man, I feel you, bro. And it's like, <laughs> I don't even want to think about what we have to do when we go home because it's going to be so complicated to, <laughs> to get this all put together. But let's just enjoy this moment right now. Good. That's and that's just should. like to wrap it back to what you were saying, yeah. the process. It's beautiful. I think it's a smart move too, especially when you're doing this in a high pressure thing, you want to surround yourself with people that you that you love, that you care about, that you love to create with. Um, yeah. it is at the end of the day, it is, it is work. Um, it does take time and effort and focus, <clears throat> but ironically when you're in the jam and you're just flowing with it, um, it's almost like putting your favorite song on when washing dishes or something, or like doing a, like a remedial <laughs> task, you know, but if you, yeah, turn, love if, you that. if you could turn dishes into like this, like wild adventure and use your brain to switch it over, which is, Sometimes it takes like a bit of energy just in the beginning, but once you do it, you start to flow, you know, it becomes like a stream and it kind of goes along. So I love that. I love, so I want to go back to this break that you took because I found that fascinating. And I think a lot of people, myself included, I haven't necessarily had a creative break block in a very long time, thankfully, because I have these systems intact with my own life and just my process. Mm, But I, but the, but I do hit, significant walls of like exhaust exhaustion. Um, yeah. And I, I think that is very normal to come from, um, creatives and people like that are really pushing hard for what they want. Uh, that's a normal thing, but your break sounds perfect. And it's actually, this podcast is so ironically aligned with like what you're saying and what you're talking about and how it's working is like so aligned <laughs> with my current that's day so life. Nice. Yeah, it's really cool because it just, I literally just got back from a, like an amazing spiritual, like rejuvenation trip kind of thing. So it's cool oh, hearing nice. what you're talking about. So <laughs> that's why I was so excited about the podcast because, I mean, it's in the description, like uh, balancing, you know, like the work life balance. 
Yeah. It's so and I could tell from there. I mean, that's that's a challenge. That's a challenge that all of us face. You know, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's like ironic because like the way I really like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to become a director like I'm I'm going to work here and here. Like I want to travel all over the world and I want to do this stuff. And as soon as you get, as soon as you start to have some sort of success and like the wheel starts flowing, like it starts rotating and you get, you get one thing, then you get the next thing. It's like, you, you also come to a point where it, it becomes harder because then suddenly like you have like these agents and stuff like that and they're all sending you stuff. And then sometimes you're like, oh, I'm so exhausted, but you, like, you feel you feel guilty for saying no because you already said no to to other jobs that didn't feel right in the heart, you know. Yeah. And then then suddenly, like, you're burnt out, and you know you need to take a break. And the only thing you want to do is just cuddle with your girlfriend and just disappear, you know. And then they're like, there's this job with this money, and if you turn down that job. Like the the production company, like we really need this money too. So it's just pressure. Yeah, you feel that pressure, and they're super kind. They're like, "Oh no, take a break." But you sure you can't do it if we do it like this? They're always trying to find solutions. Sure. And it, it it's taken me that's a really a, long time. Yeah, dude, it's taken me so long time to just realize, okay, in order for me to like do what everybody wants me to do. And it's like, I just need my own time. Yeah. Take you need my to be able to process. say no. The more you say yeah. no, the more you say yes to the things that matter. Exactly. Yeah. I learned that one a couple of years ago. Yeah. Cause I was burning out heavy because I kept saying Oof. yes to everything. And because I think it sounds like you're the same way and Taurus the same, like we get so excited yeah. about everything, you know, I think because exactly. we can see it so clearly in our minds, but the process of actually doing it is so challenging. And the journey exactly. takes on. And, and, and sadly, the thing that I really hate the most is there's only so much time in the day, and there's only yeah. so much time to get the things that matter done. And I hate that. I wish part. I could clone myself, man. Like, yes. if I could only clone myself. <laughs> I found a way through reading a lot of books and doing a lot of deep thinking and a lot of practicing stuff. I've managed to not clone myself, but I've managed to like stretch time, open time a little bit more, man- manipulate scheduling and like really find a way to have like a deep process that allows me to kind of clone myself without literally cloning myself, you know, There's tell me more. Man. <laughs> well, it's, uh-huh. mainly, it's mainly time management. It's just managing your yeah. time because, uh, a real a realization that hit me years ago was that, you know, the richest and poorest person spiritually and monetarily, we're all sharing the same currency, which is time. So how is it that this one person that has an abundance in life, not just money, because money is a, um, people think that it's success, but it's actually not. Um, Mm. it's a, it's something that we can equate to success, but it's not the object. I think it's more or less, uh, like a thing, but anyways, um, no, mainly it's just managing my, my time, my expectations of time, how I, how I get the things that I need done. And that's how I'm able to do like two, three, four projects at once. I'm able to manage them because I shift and juggle them around. Um, and I manage the time. And then I also 
manage my effort with other people and collaborating and stuff. So, and friends and stuff. So, um, but a lot of it just comes down to setting lists, making alarms, setting yeah. goals, being, being, um, you know, I grew up in a family of amazing artists and it was always a very challenging thing for me to think that I was going to be the one that was going to be successful because I would look at them as a kid and I'd be like, wow, they're so much better than I am. How is it that they don't make a living off of this? And not to their, not to, I think it's a lot of it was just because there was maybe no market for that or whatever it was. I'm not saying that I'm anything better because I know I'm not, but the thing is I think I found a way to be successful based on like my diligence and respect to the process of getting things done, you know? Exactly. And that's a real tough one because I, I think a lot of artists, people I meet, they're like, Oh, I have this idea. I'm like, well, good for you. Like we all have ideas, you know? So now what are you going to do with it? You have to respect it by doing it, managing it and making it happen and manifesting it. And that's the hardest part as we all know. Dude, that's hundred percent the hardest part. And I mean, how, how often don't you, just as you say, have that friend or somebody it's like, I want to do this. Yeah. And, and the years go by and they never do it. Yeah. And it's such a great idea. And you know that like, like you're inspired by them because you just know that they're so creative and just have something that you're inspired by that you wish you had, but still they don't find the time to get it done. And, yeah. and how many, like, I just have, like so many, like, I think that's one of the reasons also why I'm like really trying to like respect the energy I have and the time I have like Smart. on this earth, because it's like so many friends that are just like, ah, oh, you know, wish I could just like do a passion project or something, but it's like, they get sucked into the money. They buy an apartment that has that cost that month and they like they lease a car and then suddenly they have to take just like or they they start just spending too much money and then suddenly they're caught okay i have to do this many commercials in order to sustain this living yeah and and like it's really easy to to get caught you know and not finding the time to like really nurture your creative self just working and working and working. And I mean, it's, that's why we need to talk about this stuff a lot more. That's why I think this podcast is so nice. It's important to talk about this because I think there's somebody out there listening to this going, "Hmm, maybe I should buy that car, but then they're not happy. And I'm going to tell you like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't buy that car. Buy it later when it, when it's just, when it doesn't even, it's not even going to phase you. you Yeah. Because you're going to be so successful. You're going to have abundance of money and, and things like that aren't going to matter. And also at the same time, cause I, I'm a car person and I know so much of it is just fulfilling some sort of like weird odd insecurity of my childhood, not having enough or whatever it is, you know, yeah, a lot of yeah. times it comes down to that for being honest with yeah. ourselves, you know, it's like you're trying to fulfill something in your life to like, you're missing something. So you fill it with an object. Um, exactly. And that's fine. I think that's fine because it, it, there is, certain things about it that are good. It's like life. Everything is in a balance, you know, it's not one or the yeah. other really for the most part. Um, there's a balance to everything in life. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's a real big thing. That's a lesson that I learned from my friend, Mike, who, uh, <coughs> listeners know him as people. He's a, like a, you know, I'm sure you probably know his work too, but he was telling me that, you know, he, he avoids an expensive life, even though he has kids and this and that, he doesn't live like an expensive city and have expensive yeah. things. 
he lives an affordable life because that allows him to, to release and do every days. You know, he does a, does a piece of art every day. He's been doing it for 10 years now or something. So, Oh wow. And that's like, that's, he has designed his life and was smart enough to go like, well, if I do this, it's going to cost me this. And, and that's going to cost me chair time. I call it chair time or office time mm. where you're stuck in the chair. You're just stuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if your yeah. cost of living is so high, it's like, I have a lot of friends that like live in LA and they're, they're always griping about it. And I, I go traveling a bit and I'm like, man, you should just go to like Utah. Look there. It's amazing there. It's so beautiful. Exactly. Go, go here. And it's so cheap. <laughs> like in, in relation to like a city that they're not happy with and like go move there, you know? Stop complaining about it. Go move. Try it out. I'm sure you'd like it. You'd probably like it more than you realize, you know. So, hundred percent, man. But that, I mean, that that's something that um, a director that I know. His name is Philip Nilsson. Is you guys should check out his new Justice music video. It's oh, amazing. Cool. But he he signed me at his production company called Folke Film, mm-hmm. and one of the first things he told me. Uh, and I was lucky enough, like to to have him as like a sort of like guide slash mentor, and it was just like Maceo, like whatever you do, man, just keep your costs down. It's like that's why I live in Gothenburg in this house. It's just like it's it's how I can afford to do what I do. It's like just be careful, man. Don't get locked inside the rat race. Just like just keep your costs down, yeah. and that's like okay, okay. You, you have a, you're wealthy decent. in life, you know. Yeah, yeah, because you're able to challenge, you're able to travel and live freely. Um, yeah, it's a, to to everybody has their own thing, but that's a, that's really great advice. I a hundred percent back that up because I've been in both cycles, and I've been in cycles where I'm like I've lived, I'm in too expensive of an environment, and have to cut <laughs> yeah. costs down and, and cut things down and reduce things down. At the same time, um, if you have the willpower and the desire you'll figure it out and make it work. Yeah. I would, when I was in college, I remember I made for a whole year I was in college. I made like, I think $8,000 or something, like some super small amount, you know, like I don't even know how I figured it out, but I did, you know? Yeah. And and then now if I were to think about the money that I make now, I'd be like, what the heck? How is, how's that even possible? Yeah. How is that possible? But it's possible (laughs) through, you know, constant lessons, constant working, constant effort, Mm. And then it kind of aligns and you figure it out as you go. But yeah, that's great advice. I think if you want a free life, if you want a life that's free um, to go and do what you want, when you want to do it, I think that's absolutely the best. Yeah. The best advice is reducing your cost of living. I always tell people, um, this is something I talk about lots when I travel and do talks. It's like, you know, do the quick math, like cut, cut, take a month of living the way that you want to and calculate every expense that you make. Add 20% to that and another 20% for savings and stuff. And then that's how much you mm. cost a month to live times that by yeah. 12. And then you need to make that a year minus all the taxes and all that stuff, you know? So you do like equations. Once you know that number, you can go, Hmm, this is either too high or it's too low and whatever. And then you can work around that, but it's important to see that. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to, to, to do that because they're afraid of what they're going to see at the end, you know? So. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But it's understandable. But if you're happy, then it doesn't matter. You know, you just keep doing it. So, yeah. But I really love that. I love that you did a break, and I love that you found it again, and I love that you know you put it into your work, and that you're finding your flow because I think that's really great, and that's a it's kind of a blessing. You know, I think whether um, 
I think a lot of us have gone through that, which I think is great. So, yeah. No, it's it's been fun too because I wrote a lot about it. So you know, you have Instagram, and like instead of posting another thing, just like a cool photo, I was like, okay, what if I share some of these thoughts, you know, that I'm going through? Yeah. And I started like sharing it, like, okay, hmm. okay, I feel this right now, and from working too much and da da da, like just sharing some of those thoughts, and. The, the response was like overwhelming and so yeah. many creatives that were just like, shit, man, I thought you were just on this constant creative flow and us other like mortals, you know, like, like, in, like dealing with like pressure and anxiety. It's like, it's so nice to be able to just see that you also go through the same thing. Yeah. We all and, do. Yeah. No, there's yeah, nobody we all do. here. I mean, I, I've been guilty of that too. People go, Oh, where this and that with me. And I go, no, it's like, I, I have total issues. You know, we all do. You know? Yeah. I think, I think social media is actually an unhealthy approach because it, I'd like your approach of how you're sharing honest journals with the people because I think that's really important. So I think if you don't do that, then it just appears as you're just kind of like this weird kind of like a Barbie doll or something. You're like some sort yeah. of like toy, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's, that's when social media is actually working really well is when people are actually honest and being able to connect and share yeah. their insecurities, but at the same time, uh, evolve the insecurities by exposing them within themselves, sharing it with the community and then evolving through it, you know? So yeah, I think we're all afraid to show our weaknesses and, and that's the ego really. That's our ego. Um, not trying to reveal itself. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's scary. It's scary. Like sometimes, you know, like, once like I wake up the next day after sharing something that's like truly like intimate, you know? Yeah. And then the, the next day I was like, Oof, ah, oh, oh, I said too much. It's like, <laughs> I want to delete it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's but it's good that you, you're, you have that out there, I think. And I think it probably does more help than harm, you know, so which is yeah. good. You know? and 100%. Yeah. I, I feel all that. artists that we like or appreciate and admire, I think go through these same things. And I think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's unfair of us to think that they don't, you know, Yeah. especially the ones that are amazing. We, we must understand and believe that they have had to have gone through some incredible things to produce the work that we connect with so deeply, you know? So yeah. Taurus had never I, seen, uh, no, um, uh, what was it? Uh, no, um, sheesh. What's the freaking film? I totally blind drawn a blank. It's about the, how in the future they're not able to have kids. Oh, wow. What is this? I uh, missed this. Uh, let me see. Lebeski did the, Lebeski did the DOP on it. Um, children of men. Why am I drawing a blank? Anyways, uh, he had never seen children of men. We were sitting there watching it and like, it was so cool watching it with him. It was probably the 10th time I've seen it. Have you seen children of men? Dude, I haven't seen it, man. Oh but man. Maybe this is the sign that I need to yeah. get into it. Oh, it's incredible. It's in a, it's a masterpiece. I'm going to write it down. No yeah, children of men. Yeah. It was just really cool. I forgot where I was going with it, but I think we're talking about the best key or something in his decisions and camera moves and stuff. There's so much to learn from that film. You can sit down and watch it. I've watched it 10 times now. And this time I learned even more. I think it's because I've gotten a lot more into photography and then just seeing, mm. you know, when you're, I, I'm just imagining myself there with Clive Owen and all these amazing actors and, this set and this craziness and thinking, where am I going to put my camera to best tell this story? You know, 
And if, oh, you, nice. if you pay attention to where he puts his camera and how he sets things up, you're going to be like, this guy's a genius. You'll see it. When you see it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. this is brilliant. Super brilliant. So, so I just did this job and uh, I was in Nigeria. Okay. And I, uh, I was doing a documentary for an artist named Burna Boys, like one of Nigeria's biggest, like Afrobeats artists. And my producer, he's like, he had a little camera with him and it, it wasn't really, I didn't really know how good he was at taking photos. Mm. Suddenly you notice like just the angles that he found were so unorthodox and just seeing like he had a true like street photographer sort of style. So he always found these weird moments. And it was so often we're like, dude, that shot's sick, man. Okay. And then we copied that shot with, yeah. uh, with the Alexa, you know, sure. and I'm, I'm super inspired by just people who, who have a unique eye. Yeah. Cause sometimes I feel stuck in my own, like, you know, formulas that I made in my mind. It's like, okay, if I put the, put the person in this angle, the light, the, you know, the sun 45 degrees, like just, I just love when you see somebody who thinks different than you. Yes. And you feel it's that so when you watch this film. Yeah. I think that's the key. I think so often when people are doing formulas, it doesn't work, you know, because uh, uh, every shot, every film, every actor, everything is different, and unique, and, and, and it needs to be respected in that re- regards because it needs to, you need to obviously have a, a rhythm, something, but you have to approach everything as new. And that means you exactly. must be willing to go through the freaking learning process every shot, every time you turn the camera on, yeah. you must be willing to go through that process of learning. Um, because if you're not, then what's the point of doing it anyways, you know? So I feel like that just, that was, also, I think, also one of the reasons why I got a little bit tired uh, this summer because I was kind of reusing. I, w- I felt like I was doing the same thing over again. Sure. So I did a I did passion project, and then suddenly you start to get commercials, and they want that style. Sure. You do that style, and then afterwards you realize, okay, I just did the same thing that I did <laughs> this other thing, and sure, like I made money, it was fun, but it's like I didn't push myself creatively. Yeah. And that's something, you know, that if you want to take it to the next step or find something new, you just as you said, you have to go through that, like that unknown and dare to go through that unknown and like, oh, like, what is this going to be? Like, how is it going to turn out? And like, maybe it's in the editing, you know, and you just have to free yourself of those old formulas and that's tough. Find something new. It's yeah. usually, like, I think the, what you said with having somebody there with a unique eye and respecting their eye and having them yeah. kind of infuse blood into your system, you know, and give the, if they give you something, then you give them something. It's like a vice versa kind of thing. And I think that's really, I think that's um, because when we're watching movies and stuff, there's no knowing what happened and how it worked really. Cause there's some behind the scenes, but we really don't know how these things are made even if they're yeah. documented because there's so much going on in the neurons of people and they're all kind of working together and there's hundreds yeah. of people on the same effort. It's insane that they even get done. But <laughs> the beauty of it is that, um, I think it's a, with, when you watch this stuff, you see a really good merging of minds, you know, like when I look at Ryan yeah. Deacon's films and he works with Denny Villeneuve or something, they're different from the other films that he does with other directors slightly because he's command, he's collaborating with that director and finding ways to tell the story most effectively, you know? So it's yeah. quite interesting. It's very interesting though. I love it though. What? I love this stuff because it's, it's never ending, you know, it's constant. Dude, it, it's never ending. It's like school of life. Like sometimes yeah. I'm like, 
shit. Like, I wish I could live multiple lifetimes to just like do this and do that and like learn all because film is, it's such a never ending journey. Yeah. I feel like that I'm on too. It's only one small piece of the the bigger puzzle too. Like film in, in itself is such a, of the bigger idea, you know, it's like there's different forms of film and there's like, there's now there's interactive films, which are like games and stuff, you know, it's like, yeah. Like what really excites me now is just like being on set and directing and like figuring out how to get magic moments to happen. Like, sure. And, and I think it's like such a challenge, like also like you, you, you do a commercial for a client, but at the same time, like you're emotionally invested and you want to make it magic and you have to film like five scenes in one day. Like there's not enough budget to stretch it through multiple days and to still like try to create some sort of space that allows for that little thing that you never could have planned to happen. So it was just like, uh, for this, the, the latest like Yamaha film I did, it's basically how music starts like, and my first idea was that it starts with a baby just drumming on the floor, like the most primal, uh, basic, you know, you know, music that we all have inside us. Yeah. That drumming goes to like a match cuts to another kid looking at this glass of water drumming on the table. It's creating waves on this glass of water, mm-hmm. match cutting from that to this drummer just tuning his drum kit. Yeah. And just how it goes from like, from the first, like your, evolution. your, yeah, the evolution and how that goes from one thing to another. So I had this scene with the baby and I was like, oh, that's, I loved it. But I was like, I can't promise the scene, you know, yeah. because I, how am I going to guarantee I can get this baby to do what I want? You know, true. It's true. <laughs> cast the baby, the baby's going to start crying. You're going to be standing there. So I kind of scrapped it and came up with a, another alternative idea, mm. but then I'm on set. And my producer, he has the cutest baby. So we film his baby. I come up with like a different scene. Like, so we film this other scene, but then the light, like the sun just hits this room through the curtains in the perfect angle, just giving that little streamlet of light. Yeah. And I was like, Tim to my DOP, it's like, dude, let's just, let's just put the baby on the ground and see what happens in that streamlet of life. So, so we put little baby Isaac there. And the first thing that he starts doing, he's, he drums on the wooden floor. <laughs> there you go. And that, and it like, and when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is what, this is why I love what go. I do. And look at and, you, you didn't control it. You just let it kind of go. It, ha- it just happened. And like right before we started shooting, like we just like, okay, can everybody like just when we communicate, no yelling, let, let's just whisper, like be super gentle. So all the direction, everything was just like whispers and just like speaking really calmly. And that just changed the atmosphere on set. Like the next scene that we did, um, I had this guitarist and this kid and the guitarist was like supposed to like show this kid some guitar stuff. And didn't really didn't have like the perfect clear vision in my mind how to do it. I was like, Oh, am I going to scrap the kid? Like, does it fit in? Like how, how's this going to happen? Okay. But let's just try it. Did the same thing. Just, just had them sitting there, like not directing anything, you know? Yeah. And 
and suddenly they just start making conversation and we have the mic like we're recording the audio and and the the guitarist like it's just like hey no what song are you going to sing today and it's like oh i'm, I'm going to sing the song about waves and they just have this amazing conversation mm-hmm. uh which then uh we cut into the film there you go that was just like suddenly you have this moment in the film where there's just like the talking yeah and i was like wow i didn't plan that but it just happens so naturally so that's what i love that's what excites me now like what well, i'm starting to figure out more like okay just to create uh spaces where you can allow for things that you didn't plan to happen spontaneity yeah like almost yeah. like poetry or jazz or just improvising exactly and that that excites me that excites me so much i think that's also one of the reasons why like i haven't been like my mind has been um kind of in the documentary space yeah like a verite style huh exactly beautiful i have i have a heart like just as i mentioned before like i don't always see the exact details which is like i've not been that much into like doing fiction shorts and stuff like that i've been doing a lot of documentary because i'm so fascinated just with capturing like the real life like yeah real life and like the magic moments in real life and just finding that those i love finding those little you know profound moments that just have like the essence you know of life and and once you find those like it's so addicting man and then you're editing and you watch it it's like it's it's the best man because you've captured you captured gold right there yeah yeah, exactly. No actor and that's can also, beat that. No actor. You, you can get the best actor and they'll still not be as genuine as the real authentic thing. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's also like what impresses me more. Like I'd love to do more fiction in the future. Mm-hmm. And there's some directors that really uh, like bring out life, you know, and their actors and like. Wait give until them you watch Children of Men then. I'm excited. Oof, Let dude, me, I'm hit so me up when you, after you watch it because I'm curious to see your reaction to it. Dude, 100%, man. Dude, I got another a tip, uh, just a movie tip for everyone Please, to check yes. out. Uh, it's called Mother. Oh, yes. Uh, um, Aronofsky's film. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's, yeah. You should, you it's, should check it's it so out. It's so interesting how controversial it is. I haven't watched it, not because of the controversy, it's because I have a list of films I've been meaning to watch, and I make little time to watch these films, but it's definitely on my list. That's cool that you liked it, though. I'm really curious to see how I will, will react to it. Yeah, it's like it's it's a mix because it's just so different. Yeah. But the acting is so incredibly good. Oh, okay. And it's just so good that you're just like, like one you know one side of my brain's you know fascinated by the craftsmanship of it. Sure. While the second half is just totally like trying to understand what the hell is going on, you know, <laughs> and still being emotionally invested so i I just felt like stimulated like every part you know of my brain yeah that's great it's cool that you're doing that as well with the uh finding more of your muse going towards like directing um like uh real life uh verite style Um, yeah because i feel i feel very connected to the same thing um, nice man because i feel like having worked on so many like hollywood movies and all that stuff and trying to man like it's almost like it's like when you're young and your mom or your dad are cooking you food and it's really this amazing dish 
and it's this mm. beautiful food that like is so wholesome. And then, then you go to a restaurant and you have this chef trying to remake it, but it's not quite the right thing, but it's close. But yeah. it's, it's almost like the same thing that I get that feeling when it comes to uh, like just consuming um, this kind of stuff. It's like, it's not like when you, when you're directing and trying to control it, like a, like a script and everything and bring that to life, it's very challenging. But if yeah. you're just able to be there in the moment and capture life as it is unfolding, um, there's a super strong beauty to it. And I think Terrence Malick's films, he, he does a good job trying to capture that in a really big way, you know? Yeah. He, he has that nailed down to a dot, you know? Yeah. Just, and, and, and Lubezki is the DOP for the music. all those too. So the same DOP for Children of Men is Lubezki, so... He also did Birdman oh, nice. and The Revenant and King Gravity and all those movies. So love those yeah. and Itumama Tambien and stuff. And then the, that's like that's a good one. It's an old film. I think I saw him. Um, I actually saw him at uh, JFK Airport uh, yeah. pro- protesting uh, against you know the, the like the travel ban that Trump enforced. Uh, yeah. Like Muslim, the Muslim ban. So I saw him with a sign. Actually, I was like, "Dude, this guy is so cool." <laughs> yeah, what a gangster. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a unique guy. But yeah, that's awesome. I love it. It's it's um and it's been really great having you on the podcast. It's really cool to hear your journey and your story. And thank you for being so open and transparent about it. So many people need to hear these stories because I think so often people are just hiding behind them and. It's really, um, it's always, for me, it's always like the, the supreme goal of this podcast. So when people come on here and they're very open and transparent about their their shortcomings and also their successes and stuff. So um, I appreciate it. What's in the future for you? What do you have lined up? Do you have, are you, are you a planner? Or are you just kind of going with it and seeing what's going to happen? So just first off, dude, I just thank you, man. Uh, seriously, it's so nice to talk about this stuff. Um, my f- future plans right now. I'm in Costa Rica, man. I'm I'm on vacation. <laughs> surfing, baby. I'm surfing every day. Like I've never felt fit in my life. Like cause all those times in front of the computer. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and I never like working out. Like now, I just want to see like how does it feel to get fit, you know, mm. and I've been surfing every day for a month and I'm starting to like really feel starting to feel strong. And so that's something that I'm, I'm truly enjoying. I have uh, four more weeks. Mm. Uh, at the same time I'm doing like, I'm, uh, editing. So I'm editing this, uh, burn a boy documentary uh, while I'm here. And when I get home, uh, I have a, a Actually, I think it might become a feature film uh, about this this kid that, dude. That's that's it's an, it's another podcast. This yes. story, we'll I'll to. tell it. I'll tell it next time. Sure. But basically, it's about this kid that, without me knowing or realizing, I kind of, I was basically trying out this paraglider with a motor on it. I think it's called paramotor, mm-hmm. and this kid saw me flying above the suburbs in Stockholm and ran down from like his building, you know, in the projects I left, but he met the pilot that was flying me Uh and they became friends. And from 
14 years of age, uh, he just hung out with that pilot guy and he learned how to become a balloon pilot. So now it's like Stockholm's like youngest skydiver. Um, it's going to be like the youngest balloon pilot uh, in Europe. And he like helped him learn Swedish. And we, and we met and we like kind of figured out like just by hearing, hearing his story, it's like, wait a minute, dude, what day was it that you saw this thing <laughs> flying in the sky? Interesting. And I was like, and I was like, dude, that was me in the sky. So it was just <laughs> like this magic coincidence. That's cool. So, and his dream is to, um, he want to take, which is another story. Cause I work with another company that just, uh, we bought a hot air balloon, uh, that's going to be like the marketing thing of the company. So it's going to fly over Stockholm mm. and he's going to, he really wants like, so we, we're kind of sponsoring him and he's going to be flying this balloon just while he gets his license and stuff like that. But he wanted, he wants to fly the balloon to Kenya where he grew up and skydive from the balloon back down in his old neighborhood where he grew up oh, wow. and just like to show the kids like, anything is possible. So we're going to try to help him with that and like turn that into a movie. And so that, that's like what I'm the most excited about now. Sounds like a really fun journey. Sounds like you have a lot of really cool stuff coming up up in the mix too, which is really cool. Yeah, Yeah, man. So yeah. Amazing. Slow. Yes. The flow is happening. Amazing. Coming back. Yeah, baby. That's the best part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's fascinating. Please come back um, whenever you want on the podcast and we can dive further into some of these topics and ideas and share more about what you've been up to and just talk further. There's so many things um, that can still be addressed and communicated and thought of and considered. So I'm sure after we finish this episode, you'll be out surfing. You'll be like, oh, why did I bring up that thing or this thing? So there'll be a couple things Dude, I imagine. There's so. already so much stuff, but <laughs> I think in the... In, in the in the next one yes. like in a year like six months or something like let's revisit some of these topics and just like like a, a little closing thought um just when i mentioned flow a friend of mine like every time i mention flow he says it's interesting that we're always talking about oh i was in the flow today you know but sure. it's like like it's a rare thing but shouldn't that be like shouldn't we be like shouldn't being out of the flow the the thing that's like the rare thing you know it's like so i think we really need to think a little bit and try to find that take curious what you mean by that like being yeah i I think like i think it's just like such an interesting thing like if we take time to just like you have your time planning and how you you found your way yeah to be in the flow like a system that works for you. Yeah. And I'm starting to slowly find ways for me to be in the flow. I think that's just something that's, it's, it's basically the whole theme of this podcast, you know, the work-life balance, yeah. finding more ways to like stay in the flow. Yeah. Continually stay in that flow. Yeah. And I think what, that's, it's, it, the flow is only significant because of the lack of it, you know, yeah. So, the, the, and I think that's really where the beauty comes from. And I think I moved out 14. I worked so many shitty jobs that I hated. I never wanted to do them again. So I knew that I wanted to be an artist from a very young age. 
So I spent years. So by the time I became an artist professionally and stuff, I was like, I'm finally here. So I, I was like, I'm ready yeah. for flow, a constant flow, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. but it was only because I went through so much drudgery, you know, and so many of yeah. the opposites of what I wanted that I then understood. So I think that's what you're getting at. It's like, you need that yin yang balance, you know, but the flow, yeah. it, it can happen continually, daily, all the time. As long, as long as you leave yourself open for it, it sounds like you're the way that you film, the way that you document things, the way that you capture things is very much the flow. It's very much like, hey, let's, we have an idea. I have an idea, an object, but let's mold it and see what happens. And then yeah. through that, I was doing a, I was working with my uh, DOPs, Kevin and Rebecca Jolson. We were working on um, capturing this like um, footage of fluid uh, at a microscopic level. And we were oh, watching nice. the fluid pull and turn and pour and rip and spill, spill. And it was, I'm not a religious person per se in the sense that I believe in like a man-made God necessarily. Um, yeah. But when I was watching this, I was so struck by the idea that I was looking at like God or something. It was very interesting. It was very psychedelic in a way that it was like I was being, I was being elevated into a whole different realm of reality and the, the thing that struck me, and this is just, I'm ram rambling here, but the thing that struck me is I might be driving down the road going 65 miles an hour, very fast mm. in the rain. And in the puddle that I'm passing by within a nanosecond, in this little puddle, this microscopic puddle, might be this incredible fractal, like explosion of oil and water <laughs> happening. <Yeah. laughs> and what it was telling me is that there's art all around us and the flow yeah. is all around us and it's within us and it's everywhere. And yeah. not until you can actually see it and be be woken by that um can you realize that it's there and um, dude it's like the force yes 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 and that's why it's that film is relevant even though it's like yeah. a, it's you know corny kind of silly sci-fi it's so relevant <laughs> because of its deep underlying yeah. meanings you know same with matrix yeah. you know matrix if you remove all those philosophies and stuff it just becomes kind of like a silly hokey action sci-fi yeah. movie it's people yeah. leather and machine guns and all that stuff you know and and, and like drum and bass and stuff but um but then the philosophies are what keeps you there because you're like wow yeah. hmm, that's interesting yeah so at least for me it was so but uh yeah no i agree and, and i think that's a great closing thought is to really enjoy that flow and find it within yourself and yeah. discover it and nurture it and foster it and we all have different flows so you know what we say and how we find our flow is different from yours, but there there's similar exactly. there's similar ways to get to it. You know, you might be an illustrator or something, you know, or uh, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, and you might find it a different way than us. Um, and if you do, share it with us. You know, let us know how you figured it out. I'm curious, yeah. So we're all I'm in this together. Too. I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's the best drug ever. So. <laughs> awesome. Dude. What Thanks. a nice conversation, yeah. dude. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was great getting to know you too, man. And there it is. That's uh, our episode 198 with uh, director Maceo Frost. The big thank yous to Maceo for coming on the show and sharing his time. You know, go out there. If you, if you like this episode, spend some time, look at his work, check him out. You can send him some love on social media. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's, you know, let's create this big circle, you know, support. Uh, you can find the links and uh, information to the show notes for this week, uh, this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 198. 
Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and um, mainly, you know, just go to collectivepodcast.com if you want any resources in regards to the podcast. Um, that's it. I hope you guys took something special with this and it's helped you on your journey. Um, myself and everybody else wishes you an amazing day and go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everybody. 